episode four of Art Brunch Archives. I'm the host of Art Brunch, Rick Bowling. Much of this show works well as audio only, but there are times when we're referencing images on the screen. We host these archives on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as YouTube. In the podcast description, I will share the link to the YouTube video and vice versa. Lastly, before we learn about Moira, please take a moment to like and subscribe. It really helps out. If you want to watch these talks with our community live on Twitch, I've included those links in the description as well. I met Mora while art handling for Ai Weiwei's exhibition at the Mildred Lane Kemper Art Museum here in St. Louis. We have a lot of crazy stories from that, and we'll need to find another time to share those. Uh, in this talk, Mora and I talk about art practice research, the evils of Jeff Bezos, and we tell a lot of jokes. On a technical note, some of this video has poor syncing between audio and video, an issue that we have solved after episode seven. Please look at the points of interest in the timeline and in the description to aid in your navigation and enjoy the show. Thank you. So what I'd like to do to start off these, um, these interviews is I like to um, read you your horoscope from the previous week and ask you how it applied or some things that may just not applied. I think okay. they're interesting <laughs> litmus tests to, um, to begin uh, to recount the week. Mm -hmm. So you are a Pisces. Wait, first question. Yeah. What is the source of this horoscope? What's the like, where are you reading? Oh, from? this is horoscope.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. Well, that's, I mean, that sounds very legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, 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 haven't, I haven't gone through the process <laughs> of finding a website that I like most accurately ascribe to. Okay. But I feel like, you know, if you if you were fortunate enough to grab horoscope.com in the late 90s, then you probably put in some effort in into the platform. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like they're at least a step above newspaper zodiac mm. readings. Oh, the ones that Do you remember the little uh the little horoscopes that were like rolled up little slips of paper at like so when you're in a grocery store, mm -hmm. they're sometimes on the like uh you know, immediate buys or the, you know, the special buys, they'd have a little carton. And there were like all these tiny little rolled up scrolls for all the different like horoscopes. And you could like pick one out, hmm. purchase it, open it. I, I would recommend CoStar. That's oh, a, CoStar. an entertaining app that I never look at. And yet their Instagram is full of pretty um, hilarious memes. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I base my knowledge on. And by knowledge, I mean nothing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> do you prefer CoStar? Do you think we should switch over? You can you can do whatever. I was just merely curious of the source. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and figured I would plug a, a meme page at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So from August 17th to August 23rd. Yes. It reads, lifestyle and wellness issues get a boost on Monday as a lively meeting of the sun and brainy mercury encourages you to streamline your routines this may be something you've been focusing on over recent weeks but this time some good advice can help you zero in on your main goals and concerns and work efficiently to create the outcome you desire it goes on to say with the new moon in the same sector on tuesday this is the perfect time to initiate new practices if you want to eat better exercise more and generally be more productive this is a great opportunity to let go of whatever is holding you back and embrace new more positive habits Finally, relationships are emphasized from midweek as lively mer Mercury 
and the Radiant Sun move into Virgo. The coming weeks are perfect for cooperation and communication. You're better off working as a part of a team than going at it alone because you'll be able to accomplish much more. This is very curious. Um, it's been a very long week, mm -hmm. seeing as my roommate's been out of town. So I've seen her for per probably about 12 hours collectively in August. Mm. And so just to... Uh, I, I was in Colorado the first week of the month, and then I came back, and then five minutes later, I decided to go camping and run away from the world and be totally off the grid. Mm. And then I came back from that to, um, you know, an empty house and uh, time. I could talk about time as is, but um, <laughs> things dragged on. And I actually think that I have, like, pretty, um, I guess... Yeah, it's 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 probably a bit subjective and maybe better in the summer, but I think that I have rather healthy lifestyle habits. Mm. Um I really like food and mm -hmm. um so I I like making food and experimenting with things and it's not like it could be very simple or it could be like me totally winging it and being like, how many more things can I do before this is ruined? Mm. Um, so I, I missed my roommate and um, I was having a bit of postpartum camping depression. Oh. And, but actually, you know, I, uh, I guess I finished like, a book or two and i didn't have a laptop for the whole last year because i spilled water on it <laughs> and like six weeks ago i got this ipad pro and we're kind of in a mostly hate love hate relationship because mm -hmm. i'm just like why are you not providing for me so i'm um coming to terms with some of my limitations there and then like trying not to also still fall back onto um using like my phone as my primary tech but i also don't really like um i don't really like doing things digitally if it can be avoided okay. i think that a lot of my processes involve like piles of um physical objects or paper like my mm -hmm. room is mostly like stacks of books and um maybe there's not a clear surface but it's very creatively organized as as my little sister used to say we shared a room for 19 years so mm. <laughs> it's not messy but there's like stacks of things and i'm reading like between 9 and 19 books or um yeah i don't know i don't know if anything necessarily changed in the week mm -hmm. but um uh you know do that, you do yeah. you feel like you have a a, a a poor relationship with technology like you you mm -hmm. fit in better in the the physical world and technology is like maybe out to get you a little bit um sometimes i feel like it like tests me it's like mm. if i'm the bear technology is trying to poke me and be like <laughs> like mm -hmm. how can we like i think that um with my general like lifestyle practice uh and like someone who does yoga or like likes to move um I wouldn't say slowly, but just at an unrushed or regulated pace. Uh, so technology is over here, like, testing me, if not taunting me, to, like, break <laughs> that um, sense of calm. I don't know. That's why I like reading. Yeah. Um, reading, like, actual books. Uh, and then 
like especially with this iPad, it said it was like, you know, freaking developed for designers. And then I'm over mm-hmm. here with like Photoshop and all of every other thing that I want to do. I can't even resize images. It's like, oh, it hasn't been developed yet. And I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, um, yeah. And also like using my phone as my primary thing. I call them tech boxes. I call okay. it Instagram Instagram. Like it feels like a little bit insidious yeah. for me to like be so dependent on these like little um, urns of information because it's my mom, whenever she would uh, like ground me as a child and take away my phone, she was like, everything on there will be there in seven hours and seven days and seven months and seven years. And so now I think about that all the time because mm. I'm just like, like my phone's typically on do not disturb. Mm-hmm. And then like to have to buy a plane ticket or file for unemployment or even like edit an image on my phone completely and potentially communicate with a person feels very phony mm. in a, in a <laughs> non pun intended way. But I also, I'm just like, uh, it just feels like another degree of separation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I've, what I've noticed about technology and, and like when you get used to using a phone for everything, there are a bunch of, like non um there are a bunch of ways of like doing things with digital work or like resizing images that are just kind of like workarounds because Mm -hmm. it's not super easy but then you kind of get into this zone where you're you understand the limitations of the technology and then you're able to manipulate whatever you want to make it work within the limits of that technology and that's really helpful so then you move to like an ipad space where you think it's actually going to be better but but it's just a jumbo phone it's just yeah and it's actually worse in a lot of ways yes because you think it's going to be better yeah i'm like oh this will be more legit because i have like a physical keyboard mm -hmm. but it still tests me to no end and like flimsy i also find that especially phones uh are like the epitome of all the shortcuts that you could put into place on Photoshop, for example. Cause I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially now it seems like a lot of people are trying to voice that they have like phone call anxiety, which I, I do completely understand. Like I, I prefer when people are like, Hey, I'm going to call you or FaceTime you. Mm. Then I can at least ensure that I'm not going to be like sitting on the toilet. Mm-hmm. Although for some people it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't I I prefer talking on the phone because um I don't know like you can't really uh evoke a, as many things via text and then I just get long-winded and I'll like read a text and then put my phone there and then like in 7 days I'm like oh fuck I did not <laughs> ever respond to that and mm-hmm. you can't like mark it as unread um but then there's this weird like um kind of phony dichotomy of the fact that like i do use my phone primarily for the camera and video and um i do take a lot like i have a lot of notes on my phone that are then like shared simultaneously to my ipad Mm -hmm. and sometimes i like i'm just i prefer handwriting and reading things but then i yeah. also am like well i guess it's 2020 and i do need to like moderately keep up with the modern age yeah okay um, we have uh one of the favorite segments here of the art brunch show and i'm gonna play y'all a brief little um 
brief little video introducing this next segment. Alright, so that's the, this is the Bloody Mary Gauntlet. Ooh. The Bloody Mary Gauntlet here. Um, we have a new challenger. Uh, I'm going to let that one go, Mr. Mr. President. Um, we've got a new challenger here. It is the Sucker Punch Gourmet Bloody Mary Mix. Um, we like to read what's on the bottle because I love bottle copy. I I do too, and once I read the nutritional facts of Parmesan to my family, and then an hour later quizzed them, and I was like, none of you guys were even paying attention, mm. and I was reading you the damn nutrition facts. Yeah. You need to know. What were the highlights? Um, Well, predictably, Parmesan's rather salty. Oh, so, yeah. Um, also, this was several mm. years ago, so I, I also can't really. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Sucker Punch is a brand that we get from Whole Foods. Uh, it's one of two Bloody Mary mixes that they have uh, at Whole Foods. Um, this is the one I'm more excited about. Last last um, Art Brunch, we had McClure's Bloody Mary mix, and it was just kind of like, it was a bit tomato-y, and, and kind of, it didn't have any kind of, like, anything unique to it. Um, it is made with Sucker Punch pickles, which I'm not sure what that means. Maybe that's a That means a that brand. we're going to have to have a pickle tasting. Oh, yeah. We have pickles, but they're not Sucker Punch pickles. Um, Sucker Punch Gourmet believes in bold flavors using only natural ingredients that are free of additives or preservatives. So that's my good. shit. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's no like it's handcrafted bold flavor, but there's no like copy. Like, can I see it? Yeah. What's funny too is like this dude looks so so strong and like weirdly veiny, and he's literally holding tomatoes. <laughs> yeah like your your veins would not be popping like this at all yeah it's not spinach um i love that this is the bloody mary that we're trying today because um part of my like uh, i'm not gonna say bougie because it's definitely not that but i do have some standards mm -hmm. and having like curly hair and living in the armpit of America, mm -hmm. I'm like pretty particular about what I'm putting onto my head or in my mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I, I like things that are uh, rather pure. Yeah. Thank you. There's a coaster there for you. Yay. Um, so I have the website pulled up here: uh, pickles, pimentos, bacon, jalapenos, vodka, bloody marys, tequila, bloody marys. How do you drink your bloody? The possibilities are endless. But the best way to start is with clean ingredients. Is this what you said? Yeah. Our award-winning Bloody Mary mix has seven simple ingredients. Oh, yeah, I can read the ingredients. Uh, honestly, the highlight, the only thing I'm seeing right now is garlic pickles. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Added flavor, spice. So I, they must be also be like a pickle company, right? Well, I love pickles. And sometimes I have been known for you know when you have all of this like delicious brine after you finish a jar of pickles mm -hmm. like just i would recommend adding however much gin you want to that mm. and then the end i call that ocean water because it's, <laughs> it's very it's very salty um but uh another random thing from a jar uh that i've been 
taste testing this summer is like leftover jars of pickled beets. Mm. First of all, the color is beautiful. And I'm like, I don't want to pour this out because it's like this delightful fuchsia color. Mm -hmm. So then recently I'm like, I'm going to slice up some cucumber and some like just throw in a bunch of mint and some ice cubes and some gin. And then you have this like very cute drink. I don't follow recipes. I really just make shit up on the fly because I'm like um, a bit like uh, as a kid, my um, adults used to say that I was directionally challenged Mm. and I had to go to tutoring to learn how to like comprehend uh, instructions in order. But I remember once telling my tutor like how to draw a house and that it did not look like a house. So I don't follow recipes. I I just um, make things up or like go with some sort of instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if it's bad, then like I'm the only one that knows. But gotta say, it's not really been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, here's to experimenting. I'm all here for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to try these pickles. Like yeah. not these pickles, but like the sucker punch i know yeah we'll get those we'll get those for you next time put them on your uh put them on your rider oh okay yeah yeah so we judge bloody mary's on five distinct qualities we have spice quality flavor mouthfeel and uniqueness quality is like quality of ingredients Mm. so we can we can go ahead and, and start to consume Got these nice reusable metal straws i am a big fan of reusable straws um okay all right yeah that's a bloody mary for sure yeah that's a good one and now i'm realizing this is my first bloody mary of 2020 Mm. so congrats it's my half birthday another irrelevant holiday um but now it's also first bloody mary of 2020 there's a yeah i think that those two things come together well Half I would say that seems Bloody only Mary. logical. Yeah. So for spice, um, you know, I would say that we're like at a very happy medium point. Like I could, uh, I could go for like a splash of some mm. pepper or sriracha. I I really like when my Bloody Mary has like a pickle, a jalapeno. And a good olive, a good olive. We're mm-hmm. not just talking like there's no black olives oh, in yeah. Blade I'm we, talking like a good, healthy green olive. Uh, we had green olives with garlic, garlic cloves, but I ate them all. Okay, I was about to say, so, where is it? Yeah, and also, that's good, a- <laughs> better answer. Um, I would say that this is like maybe, um, you know, maybe a four or five on the spice. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, it's just. Uh, it's good. To clarify, that's where it ranks. So, like, something can be too spicy. Oh, right? yeah. So, something I mean, really spicy isn't necessarily a 10. Right. This scale is your scale of how much you like the spice levels. We're clear oh, on that? okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would still stick with, like, yeah, a five. Yeah. Like, I could I could go for it to be, like, a little zestier. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that it's not less than what it is because I don't want to be drinking some, like, V8. Mm, it's nasty. That's not the move. I mean, like, low-key, I did, like, V8 as a kid. I was, like, that weird 13-year-old who was, like, oh, you guys are drinking, like, root beer while I'm drinking tomato juice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, 
And if any, if anybody's having, uh, you know, if anybody's having something to drink or Bloody Mary out there, leave it in the chat. Let us know what you're drinking this morning for brunch. I'm also going to go with a five. A five, I, I almost kind of want to go with a four. Yeah. It's like, wanna, let's say 4.5, because that's yeah. kind of like what I'm thinking in my mind. Yeah, we'll split the difference. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so the quality of ingredients is, is, is kind of the next step. This is water, tomato paste, distilled vinegar, cucumber, salt, garlic powder, and spices. Yeah, and that sounds good. That's that like, sounds like I could make this very easily mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. I don't know how it could get any better. No. I mean, if, if you would have said something um, unpronounceable, I would have been like, I got to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but I'm not, like, pretentious in that way. I just um, I like to be able to read what I'm consuming. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all here for that. Yeah. So do, do we think that that's just, like, a solid 10, 10 of quality yeah. ingredients? Yeah. I would say good job, Sucker Punch. Okay. And then the next one is flavor. Yeah. I'm going to have another, another sip here. Tastes like a Bloody Mary. It does. Yeah. It's like very classic. Yeah. It's like just like I wish that this was like the um, standard because I wouldn't want anything less than what this tastes like. Yeah. Like this is a, the base of a good Bloody Mary. Yes. Yeah. And like, I mean, yeah, like we know that you can really ball out with some bloody marys and mm -hmm. then you're just like where's like what part am i even drinking is this just like gazpacho in a cup <laughs> um so yeah no i i i wish that this was like that that healthy platform for all mm -hmm. all other bloody mary combinations because this is good yeah it's good there's some really good complexity kind of on the back end yes. of it yeah. yeah there is this like um like in 10 seconds from now you'll be like oh i feel a little warm yeah and um you know maybe that's the <laughs> i don't know i also say will say mm -hmm. that like you know i was telling you about this uh fish soup that i was making yesterday oh, yeah. which was delicious and now i'm like i would i could use this mm -hmm. as my fish soup base too <laughs> 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 that that's perfectly timed with a chat message that we have that says i mr president says i love gazpacho in a cup <laughs> uh, oh that's great previously oh. <clears throat> excuse me who is mr president and <clears throat> why is he not trying to challenge kanye west that's that's true um yeah earlier earlier the same the same person mr yeah. president said mr bloody, bloody mary phone. guide Pour in the vodka, then the mix, then pour it down the drain and make a white Russian instead. So we no. got some serious Bloody Mary haters. In I'm the gonna chat. say white Russians are for the Big Lebowski and other old white men, and you don't look cool for being like, yeah, <laughs> I love white Russians. All I hear is I'm white and I'm drinking milk with alcohol. <laughs> So that's my Bloody Mary stance to counter the yeah. white Russian. I'm just like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, so get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for taking the words out of my head. Um, uh, Mr. President says, I don't try because I pity Kanye. So oh, well, pity is, um, you know, an interesting term, I would say, that uh, 
obviously I'm not going to be voting for Kanye West, but mm. I was listening to some Kanye this morning. I was listening to a, a very re, uh, wide range of music, but um, I don't, I do, um, I'm concerned for Kanye. I wouldn't say mm -hmm. that I pity him because what is there to pity? I think he needs support. Mm. And yeah. and really like any, any, even the people who have been the most, most canceled and most like justifiably like ousted. Mm -hmm. First of all, Kanye is not in that group. And second of all, I think that the aftermath of cancel culture is then like a, um, critical support base mm. where you're like okay well you seriously fucked up but like what are you gonna do now just stay at the bottom of this well well you should in, in time out for some for a while yeah. but like also you know you do need this kind of um constructive support base to be like okay well uh where are we gonna go from here because you're not gonna be over there on pedophile island for the rest of your life mm -hmm. unless you should be and some people should be yeah um definitely that's a whole different rant yeah, well, I, I have very strong feelings about Kanye West mm -hmm. and the way that his movement through popular culture, and he talks about a lot of, of how, you know, if he wasn't a black man, <clears throat> he would have been treated very differently mm -hmm. all throughout his all throughout his career. Yeah, can you imagine if Eminem was like trying to toss around running for president, everyone would be like, LOL yeah the end and like eminem has gotten away with like much more heinous things yes. than kanye west has i think that people don't like kanye west like uh um uh influence on culture because mm -hmm. i wouldn't say that like eminem has the same kind of influence on culture like in a broad sweeping like american culture as kanye west and so i think that that's it but like also i i have very strong feelings i think that he has done a lot for a lot of people and has pushed hip hop music in really interesting and inconceivable ways. And I love it's that. Second dude. time you've used inconceivable today. <clears throat> yeah. And um, both have been very appropriate context. Good. I, <clears throat> it's one of my filler words. It seems. I, I support that. And also I'll say that like, if Kanye West would have like done something like, eating the head off of a bat mm. no one would let him forget that and now it's just like oh remember that time that like ozzy tried to take a little bite out of a bat like as if it's funny that's what happens when you take too much acid haha -ha. 80s and 90s were wild yeah the double <laughs> standard of race in america i mean different conversation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um i i do i love kanye west i also love ozzy osbourne but i mm -hmm. kind of love kanye more mm. and Final thing, I play. did dress up as Ozzy Osbourne once for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's end. not much of a stretch. No. Yeah. Okay. So what do you, so there, there's flavor oh, yeah, and then there's uniqueness. So um, they're kind of like two different, Levels. two different things. So I'm mm -hmm. curious like what you think the, the flavor rating is for this Bloody Mary mix. I mean, it tastes like a Bloody Mary. Mm -hmm. Um... And maybe it's like the uh, achievement of being the first Bloody Mary of 2020 for me. Mm. And now I'm just thinking more about how much I really want a Southwest Bloody Mary. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have like a number, but I would say that it's just like solid. 
Well, maybe like you need a number. Seven. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you can't not give me a number. Okay, seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some there's something to be desired. Yeah, like I'm gonna keep drinking this, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But I I would I would like a little bit more flavor. I'd like yes. this, but like more of it. If I put just like a splurge of some sriracha, mm. that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, like if I took this Bloody Mary mix and like boiled it for 20 minutes to reduce it. Yes. And then you would have real soup in a cup. <laughs> uh, I'm going to also go with the seven. Okay. I feel that. Um, the next is mouthfeel. So it's like the thinness versus the thickness of the mix. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that's also pretty solid. I would say that that's actually also a seven. Mm. And it does. Like, I, I want to keep drinking. It's not like burning my esophagus or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but not it, too it, thick. It's, it's not, not too thick. It has like just enough um, lingering warmth that I'm like, mm. I want this to still be in my body. Wink, wink. <laughs> and and then i'm like oh you know it's just it's just tomato juice and alcohol yeah yeah good thing so. um if it was any thinner i would be upset if uh-huh. it was any thicker even though i just said i would boil it down to make it more flavorful i would not want it to be thicker uh, uh yeah <laughs> then we would really be entering the true gazpacho in a cup territory i it's not, i don't know today's not the day there's a time and place for drinking soups and gazpachos and smoothies for that matter. Mm-hmm. And um, most of them don't involve alcohol. I would say that you don't really want uh-huh. thick. It's going to be cold, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like would not want um, the uh, catalyst or vehicle for my alcohol consumption to be in a thick consistency. Mm. yes yeah anyway and then the final is uniqueness you know we're working with a pretty likable average joe here like i said if this was the uh standard of all bloody marys i would be very content with that Mm -hmm. um now having just silently burped i'm like okay good job good job sucker punch Hmm. probably just like sevens all around seven yeah 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 i don't think it's very unique personally um and uniqueness isn't always a good thing right something can be so unique that it doesn't get a 10 yeah it's like you're just like a good guy Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna under undershoot it there with a six yeah no that's totally valid um and then we're gonna get our total here i think I should have been able to do that math on my own. It is a overall a 7.2. Okay. That seems like this is very much a 7.2 kind yeah. of drink. Yeah. And um, shout out to Tiffany for making a delightful Sunday drink for me. Tiffany is the us. best. She is. and She has producer credit on this show. And she has great shoes. Um, I don't have a website in case that didn't seem predictable. Is there a reason? No. <laughs> the reason is that my college education neglected to inform anyone who wasn't a designer how to promote themselves. I'm talking to you, Webster. Mm. 
Okay, so I wanted to set the stage for the work that we're going to be going through. And this is something that we like to talk to a lot of artists about because I think it's really interesting for people um, who uh, are have had creative experiences as children but don't label themselves as artists or who are trying to like navigate the the choice around being an artist. So I'm curious about your... Um, artistic like the artistic beginnings in your childhood hmm. well um hmm. uh well as the oldest of four children mm-hmm. i feel like in between like two parents and then three younger siblings i did like a lot of ob- observe like looking up and like looking down and not like looking down on someone I mean like in directions Mm -hmm. and so then I was like how do I um record this so I think like a lot of my childhood drawings were like either my family or like characters that I thought about and I have always um okay so that's like maybe uh some sort of socialized concept of like childhood art which is like drawing but Mm -hmm. I've always um always been a reader and a collector of things um my like first pet was um a monarch caterpillar Mm. and then like a a skink that i found in our garden as a kid what is that it's like um it's like a little skunk no (laughs) (laughs) it's like if a skunk was a lizard oh um they're like pretty stealthy but it's not a salamander or a newt but it's not a lizard like it it likes to like chill in like damp wood and Mm -hmm. leaves um so yeah i just liked to watch things Mm -hmm. and then like take notes i've always been like especially as the digital age encroached into like college when people could type their notes um like i i still like to take handwritten notes bless you and um I have lots of notebooks and I take, uh, yeah, I just like to, uh, record things basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a practice that you were engaged in as a child. Yeah. I mean, yes, I've had lots of, uh, lots of unfinished sketchbooks, but lots of sketchbooks mm-hmm. at the least. And like, I guess, you know, I went through like maybe more typical phases of like really like painting ballerinas mm. loved drawing horses mm. um was You're like a little bit of a horse nerd oh no i mean don't get me wrong horses are majestic creatures also at a young age you were a horse girl i am a horse girl i love horses and you know what i'd have some horse facts for you and i there is no shame. Okay. Okay. And also speaking so of- We want to get some horses in the chat for horse girl Morris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up. Um, uh, also, like at a young age, I was a junior bird watcher with okay. my grandmas. And so like, again, the um, act and then art of watching mm-hmm. so you learn is also like how I learn in the classroom. So like when I'm teaching kids, because um, I- I teach through the bookstore and uh once I once upon a time I was one of the like Saturday teachers for Cam. Mm. But I teach like bookmaking and art things. <laughs> I see you holding back a laugh. Uh we got a chat message from oh, Delgado who says, I am a horse girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Well, um Delgado was our last guest on Art Brunch. So apparently this is Art Brunch 
sponsored horse by lovers. horse girl <laughs> <laughs> yes um, hashtag horse girl tm horse girls for life um i i actually very close to one of the images i sent to you like the next photo uh-huh. in my camera roll was like a picture of this closet in my room and it's like a closet within a closet uh-huh. and in it is just it's like a fucking terrifying shrine okay you might have to send that over so we can share it Um, let's just say the ceiling says dream ponies okay yeah i don't know what that means right but um, it means i'm dreaming of ponies so (laughs) so did you okay so you did you draw as a kid yeah what are what are some of the things that you drew uh you know the classic eyeballs 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 in every notebook um I, well, so I've shared a room with my sister. We're 19 months apart for like up until she was born till I went to college. So um, we would stay up late after our parents were like, you need to turn off your lights and stop reading. Well, mm-hmm. we would like just essentially create um, a alternative narrative. Mm-hmm. So like we're like talking out like a story or um something like that and then during the day i would like illustrate those stories and so i remember we had several we that we went between over the years but like we had an extended form of harry potter before i knew the term fan fiction Mm. that was when we were both like entering middle school and we were just like we're we're trying to think more about this what if harry shaved his head bald right yeah um and then we had another one that was like the life and times of like various field rodents Mm. and so like the drawing version of this was like me drawing this like grass scape at the top Mm -hmm. and then like a big hole underneath of this like dirt city full of like field mice Mm. and um another story we had was people who had like weird names that were like first and last names so like my character was someone i named um robin robinson Mm. and hers was like jokey jenkins or Mm. something so we had like just fucking weird like again it was one thing to to, like turn off the lights and stop reading a book but then it was like oh we're still gonna lose sleep and then the next day i'm gonna like draw these silly Mm. characters yeah um and be like hey is this what we were talking about last night she's like no yeah but it was yeah was robbie robinson a bird robin robinson was oh robin <laughs> robbie robinson is their cousin yeah <laughs> she all all i can really tell you about robin robinson was that at the time i had read the bethany hamilton autobiography probably 12 times mm-hmm. and so robin robinson had one arm and lived in canada hmm. and that's pretty much it and she okay. lived in like the same cul-de-sac as jokey jenkins oh cool neighbors just happy neighbors just you know just that did did you understand that practice when you were a child as being an artistic practice did you think of yourself as an artist as a child yeah i mean maybe it was also because um like people around me within my family or school were like Mm. oh you're like the class artist or the family artist Mm. and um like i don't know especially as i progressed towards like middle school and high school it was like oh like you're just 
doubling down on this like black sheep of the family or yeah. the like col- like your friend group is like you're the the one who's like listening to um paramore and like drawing horses and everyone else is just like trying to have a crush on someone they've known since they were four yeah and i'm like hmm well that sounds not so fun and so i i just like yeah doodled a lot Mm -hmm. read a lot and liked to uh absorb information um but i wasn't like a good classroom learner so like my mind was like separate and in like moira land of like drawing and i didn't like i sometimes feel like people like diminish what doodling is Mm -hmm. and even like in high school i did a lot of scientific scientific illustrations Mm. um and like watercolors and i knew that i was like good at that but then like in college people were like we don't do scientific illustration here and like watercolor is for like losers and i'm like what but in basically once in fourth grade i knew two things one that i was the only person in my class who had read scary stories to tell in the dark like Mm. every time we had indoor recess and then second the drawings of horses that i put into the trash people would steal yeah and write their names on so i'm like this is an interesting um phenomenon to observe is that uh yeah people are stealing my art Mm -hmm. i was actually as a as a young man one of those kids who actually (laughs) stole stole other people's art (laughs) oh god yeah, well. I, 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 um, I shared a story with Tiffany on uh, a couple art brunches ago, and there was this weird ritual that took place in my kindergarten class where all of the children would draw a particular subject. And for whatever reason, I, was, I didn't have much of a brain or, uh, at that point. And at there, age five. And there are so many memories that have just I – don't, I don't know the reason – why it was this way but we would just leave the drawings the paintings wherever they were in the classroom and then we would go do something else and then we would leave for the day the teacher would then collect the drawings and we didn't put our names on them or anything i don't even know if we knew how to write our names (laughs) at five is that something you know how to do um at five me i don't know if i i okay so i think i probably did but i also recall several things about being five a series of recurring dreams the fact that i would draw human bodies in their full bodily form in mm. crayon and then try to draw clothes over that and mm. it's hard oh yeah, to layer yeah, crayon. yeah and it's even harder to put like colored pencil over crayon and then Impossible, thirdly nearly. my name was not easy for anyone to pronounce despite it being two syllables but then like to be four or five and like trying to learn how to spell my own name i'm like do I even know how to you pronounce cannot or sound spell it my out. name? You cannot sound your name out. Moria, Mariah, Moria. Yeah, it's Moira. So then, what would take place is this strange ritual where the the teacher, the the kindergarten teacher, would sit in the middle of the room, and we would all be in a semicircle around them with our legs crossed and crisscross applesauce. Exactly, and the teacher would pick from a pile of drawings and hold it up and ask whose drawing it was. Oh shit. So then there's this like weird exhibition anxiety where all of the children are present while the teacher is raising this object up and saying, who did this? So this is also priming you to be like an auctioneer or an art collector is yeah. because you're like, Oh, 
That's I fine. raise my little card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, go in once, go in twice. And you're like, I'll take it. And and that's actually how it would go. So then some of the my fellow classmates would then not handle that exhibition public speaking drama well. And they wouldn't say that the work that was up was their work hmm. because maybe it was bad or maybe they didn't think it was good. They didn't want to raise their hand and say, I did that. So then what I started to get into as a child was waiting for the pauses. And if it was something that I liked, I would just raise my hand and say, I did that. I think you need to really explore waiting for the pauses to like pounce and like claim it. Yeah. I, this is a, a trait of many birds, mm. I will say. And um, yeah, there's something uh, sneaky there that I yeah. feel like you still have. And there... <laughs> The, the, like this this painting being a prime <laughs> example actually the funny part of that is i don't know who i thought i was fooling because the person who <laughs> painted that painting was literally sitting there and they probably were like oh, fuck. but maybe because then they couldn't they couldn't claim it after you claimed it yeah and like what, yeah. what five-year-olds actually trying to challenge another five-year-old on like whose art is whose uh, apparently i'm either insecure or a sneaky boy um, I think the latter. Yeah, I'm a little bit of both. They, they <laughs> might they might be a codependent system. Uh, yeah. But um. I but think yeah. we are, we all have both. So then, at the end of this thing, I would have this collection of paintings that obviously I didn't make all of those and that were mine, but they let me keep because nobody challenged me. Um. So That's hopefully, cool. the the sensation that you had as a child of feeling that your work was really good because people were taking it out of the trash was something I was able to do for fellow kindergartners <laughs> yeah. by blatantly stealing their artwork on okay. a public stage. So also let me say that like maybe I didn't personally think that it was good, hence why I was recycling it all, but I wasn't crumbling it. So it was okay. easy to like, I was pretty much like putting it on the curb and being like, I'm just going to look this way. And if somebody picks it up, go for it. Mm. But then the, the fact that they put their names on it, I was like, uh, Claire, just because we both ride horses together does not mean that you can actually draw a horse. Yeah. Uh, last time I checked. And um, <laughs> according, to <laughs> according to me and this horse, you can't draw. Mm. Um, I also once in third grade, I still have this note. Someone wrote me a note that said, Moira, you are a really good drawler with an L. Ooh, yeah. And I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, but no, uh I think that that speaks to something something really interesting though that we find with a lot of artists that I talk to is the the system of actually becoming an artist in your life has a lot to do with the reinforcements that took place yes. um, when you were a child. Well, also with that, I will quickly add that like, um, despite having a rather scientific practice, I was not an... Um, like I, I was not, I'm not a good test taker. Like mm. I, in high school, like took my science tests just one-on-one -on -one with my teacher, me telling her things mm -hmm. and math is probably my least favorite subject, but I do like, um, kind of logical, like this or that answers. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, especially in high school and as college approached, I was like, okay, fuck the only thing I have going through me it, or for me is like maybe some semblance of like skill and like I had like a 2.8 GPA mm -hmm. but I did get like the art 
achievement medal and yeah. I took all of the art classes and then like when I registered for college um they're like you never have to take a math class again and I was like tight because I won't be able to but mm -hmm. like in my job my work study job that is now my career of art handling like mm -hmm. i use math all the fucking time yeah and that's the math that i can do the real math the real math the real world math um but like yeah definitely there became a point where i was like shit i guess this is kind of what i mostly have going for me i did also somehow like achieve uh like a minor or certificate in human rights and sociology but like mm. I just like to talk and learn and um, any sort of left mind logic oriented is not like I had to like formulate that for myself. And uh, my final quip will be that my junior year chemistry class, which was my last formal history class or science class, because I took four years of history rather than science. Um, I, I uh, failed my exam, but I got a C because I wrote several very good chemistry jokes on mm. my test. <laughs> and then my teacher was like, please never take science again. Good. And did you? Uh, no. Good. But I did run into my high school biology teacher last year when I was hiking. And I was like so excited to see her. And she was excited to see me. And it made me feel great. And I told her I was making these science books. Mm -hmm. And she was so proud. And I was just like... I can retire now. <laughs> I can retire from my unpaid life. <laughs> well, so that it's interesting cuz when I when I was growing up and and this is this gets us into the work that you're making now and I, I think that you did a really good job of explaining kind of that that change from being like a citizen researcher of your own world as a child and then taking those things and translating them into like a visual space and constantly kind of like reiterating that you were helped along by people saying, you're the creative one. You spent more time doodling in math class than anyone actually spent on their homework. And, you know, you just dedicate this time yeah. over time and you, you build up this system. But an important part of that system is the people around you also validating those things that are taking place. And, and whether or not you had other options at the end of high school, the clear option <laughs> was that you know, I've, I've been consistently validated in this practice yeah. and it suits kind of the way that I want to move forward. But what I think is special about your practice that I didn't have as a child was this like researching tent to it and trying to like, as, as a young person or as somebody growing up, understanding art as research or understanding the, the value of research in an artistic practice, I think is very like unique to you. Thank you. Um, Okay, that wasn't necessarily a question, but I feel like an answer that I have mm -hmm. or maybe a response would be having one art teacher from kindergarten to eighth grade and then one art teacher from all of high school and like the schools themselves not having a particularly funded art like resource mm -hmm. option and even like as a freshman in high school they were like actually you have to take either like beginning band or choir because like we're a fucking catholic school and we don't care about art and so then in like three years i took all of the art class options mm. but um like my aunt is an artist and my mm -hmm. mom has often um just done very creative things and and so there's like a lot of uh like especially my aunt um 
there's like a lot of uh create creativity and ev- actually also my grandparents like they built their own house and like my grandma was a seamstress and so there's these like other creative practices even mm-hmm. also with like baking um but really for the most part i would say nine out of ten people in my family tree are science-minded people Mm. um like whether or not they're civil engineers or geologists or my sister just completed like a degree in ecology and biodiversity but like was like yeah secretly like um my takeaway from like studying in tanzania was like how to make a cake over a campfire and i'm like sweet dude like (laughs) just go fucking make those cakes um she's very talented so but anyway like there is this more kind of like we know these like how to read these graphs and stuff and i remember taking the act five times and hating every single minute of it and um being like i don't know how to comprehend these graphs or like this data that's in this very kind of disgustingly sterile way but then talking about it or like just applying it in person made a lot of sense to me and so um somewhere between like not having the uh like critical assessment of like oh you have an a in science like i had a c in science or Mm -hmm. something but uh you know i think that with um being a junior bird watcher growing up camping and hiking like that was very much a part of my childhood Mm -hmm. and then having these like other kind of scientists researchers around me gave me a lot of the language that like now even living in the city like i'll i'll take my long walks which you know you might as well call them a hike at a certain point yeah, but like i can hike in the city yeah, yeah all get of, out all of the flat plains um but like you know i really like identification because i think that like naming things gives it a little bit more mm. autonomy and and so yeah to like name things and identify and be like oh i know this tree and this plant and this bird and this flower like Mm -hmm. i will say some other people who may or may not have a science degree in my family cannot Mm. and i'm like oh wow they got all of the musical and scientific talents and they're all like extremely talented and incredible um in their their endless ways but i'm like (laughs) well you know what i can do tell you about the fifth gate of icelandic ponies oh yeah oh yeah yeah well i I think that that's really cool and and we've uh we've had conversations about the role of the is is citizen scientist a a term that people use yeah it's like super a term and even in the last year like especially um like nasa or the Audubon Society, these like mm-hmm. national kind of scientific collectors of data really have pushed for citizen scientist contributions. There's like chat rooms and databases where like, you know, if you're studying, like right now it's monarch migration season. Mm. And so there's a, a whole variety of like butterfly conservatories that are like, hey, if you've been tracking this or you see like the various types of milkweed that are being consumed right now like let us know like let us know how many monarchs you're seeing and and monarchs are something that like birds and even horses um i have closely watched since for a a very long time um and um nasa too has like a lot of chat rooms where you can like talk about 
stars you're seeing and like yeah other shit that you're just like looking at like if you're looking at it you're a scientist mm. cool. and like i keep binoculars in my kitchen because i just spy on all of my neighbors okay let's move over to yes. the work all yeah. right yeah so Things we're gonna I do. switch over to our display here um, we what? can both see it, and you oh. you all can also see it, because oh. we're all seeing things together. My favorite Okay, is seeing things together. Do you want to start with the the video stuff, or... Oh, uh, yeah, sure, I guess. Okay, let's start here. I, I only brought my iPad so I could, like, show you in person how many videos I have in my latest video, like, when I'm, like collecting all of my because of course like similar to like creating stacks of piles and papers in my room i also create like albums within albums just so i can like see all of the videos or content in like one single place in my mm. phone mm -hmm. and probably the only one of the things that i like most about um iphoto or whatever on my phone is when they like create memories for you mm -hmm. and they're like oh look at this hilarious little montage of like whatever you've been doing and i'm like okay so do you want to tell us a little <laughs> bit about um what's going on in this video here um okay well uh in this video uh <laughs> you know it's nothing like a, a exceptionally spectacular i feel like what i've been um maybe observing at a closer range in the last several months is these like very minute and like micro phenomenons mm. of like i don't know like i don't want to like call it like glitter or like reflection i don't know how to like call any well contrary to like really liking to name and identify things like yeah. i don't know what to refer to this as but i have a lot of collections of like light reflecting off of water and i um in real life have a collection of like scientific prisms and quite a lot of photographs and drawings of like water droplets which mm -hmm. i think are also kind of prism like um but i i don't know i like the uh reflection and like that it's temporary and it looks like space i really like how like um biologically and celestially the earth like mirrors itself because oh yeah i don't know how much time you spend like looking at fucking like nasa hubble oh images. yeah M many a time great yeah great epic um because like it's just kind of amazing that like galaxies and lightning storms and like brain neurons and tree roots all look very similar yeah and i think that that type of like mirroring or copying even mm -hmm. is so cool that it's like unexplained and yet they look so damn similar and it's like hmm what is that what yeah. is that like um duality of like things looking like other things but not being that thing yeah that's what i love to talk about the most it's like things that look like things but are mm. not things or not the same thing not everything same is thing. a thing it's like it's like these references yes and um yes. like in an art historical sense i think about like a lot of uh, i had an instructor who said something to me where he was just proposing the question <clears throat> could you talk about art in the opposite direction mm. so could you say that um something that uh, i'll just throw out two big names 
but could you say that something that Picasso did was was really like was referencing Kuhn's or Kuhn's work? So like, could you say that like somebody in the past did something that was like really relevant to an artist right now? So could I go back through art history and say, um, like, oh, that was like a really Rick Bowling moment in that Rothko? Um, yeah. And and how can we like shift the this That's so like, perception? funny because I would put Rick Bowling and Mark Rothko for sure in the same train car because like Rothko actually like most of his color fields were inspired by like looking out of the window. Mm of moving trains like through the Netherlands and being like, damn, like look at that swift ass field of delphinium just passing by that. Like it's merely a blur of like blue and green and like stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then like his memory was like this blur. Mm. Um, well, uh, I'll just wither and die now because yeah. you said that. Well, this is why? the end of because, my life. This is because, swift death. Because I've just compared you to Rothko and yeah. said, congrats, Rick. You and Rothko can ride on a train into oblivion and you no longer <laughs> need to do anything else because of this single comparison. Mm. Um, yeah, that's my that's my like base level of operation. Tight. It's just well, inertia. Congratulations. And just, just equilibrium between the void and any type of movement. Excellent. Mm. And... Um, it's really funny that you just randomly chose Picasso and Jeff Koons because Picasso actually had a wiener dog. Really? A pet wiener dog. He had, he did some like really kind of whimsical drawings of wiener dogs. And his wiener dog's name was Lump. Oh. Lump. He is so far ahead of the fucking curve. <laughs> so, Lump, the wiener dog, for sure. For sure inspired Jeff Koons being like, I'm going to make a balloon dog. And then everyone's going to buy Balloon Dog and no one's going to know about Picasso drawing these like such charming drawings of Lump. And um, uh, is that was that actually like a reference that Coons talked about? Or is no. it? Oh, OK. Yeah, that's the, see. OK, so this is, is the other right? thing. This is the thing with my practice is that. I feel like I'm looking at two or more things and comparing them and putting them together in the same book or Mm -hmm. discussion and i'm like these are so like clearly similar just even on a very surface level visual sense like these things look like those things but like they're like once i made this book that was about like gatherings and it was all about like the ways in which birds gather but also humans gather yeah and like for like collective um like strength and power Hmm. and um it's like you would not find a book that's about like human group movement and bird flocking patterns Mm -hmm. and both of these are extremely real phenomena and there's writing on both and there's like video and photo and written evidence and yet like they're not in the same space Mm -hmm. and then so like i'm over here being like hmm and then i'm gonna like put them into the same uh vehicle which is the book form yeah and uh be like oh this is real and that's real and they're still real together but now you're kind of like why are these together and then i'm like why are they not together yeah so meaning through like proximity or through like juxtaposition it would be like the way that nerds talk about it yes Uh, um more i'm trying to be like everyone should be holding hands yeah because this is a lot more similar to that than you think Mm -hmm. and like i think that to like categorizing things is cool but like it also kind of puts things into boxes Mm. and um sometimes that uh creates too much separation between 
things that are um, much more alike than what social constructs might make them seem like if mm. that makes sense yeah um so the something that i think about in your work and i don't know if you've ever told me this in these simple terms or if this is something that you're actively working on or i don't know we had a lot of time together where nothing was taking place in a museum hell yeah <laughs> and time to just like talk about i feel like we never like had a sit down where we just gave each other this like elevator speech of what we do which is what i really appreciate about our relationship is i just like give you fragments yeah and then something you do really well is like you take those fragments and you're able to see them for like the way that i'm fragmenting reality and i felt so taken care of because you've sent me back like these awesome fragments that you find in your oh. travels oh yeah and i'm like how does this person understand this like really fragmented thought that i'm having like i have this whole this whole sensation of in the graffiti work that i do of thinking about there's a team of graffiti artists who are moving about the St. Louis area and they're making abstract graffiti mm -hmm. um, and they're not using names and they're not using terms, but there's this whole subset of graffiti artists in St. Louis who are going to different spaces and just doing subtle interventions with paint that once you start to look and start to understand, you can see that like potentially there's this amazing network of abstract graffiti artists that are moving around st louis or you can think these are happenstance things that take place that are buffs or somebody doesn't know how to use a spray can or it's like some sort of like obsolescence or some somebody is making poor choices and it's turning out to be this like contemporary expression of graffiti art and you've been able to like take that and understand it and help me search out these things but what i want to get to is um, I think about your work as this like second earth project. And so I just, a quick pause, similar to earlier when I could only focus on garlic pickles, like sometimes mm. I'll like be looking at this body of text mm -hmm. and like only see like a combination of two words or like a single word. And so from what you just said, what I'm taking away, and I think this actually very much defines your work is mm -hmm. subtle interventions and then in parentheses with paint, but like maybe not. Mm. And then also just like the singular word happenstance, because I think that like our kind of cyberspace collaboration, like if mm. you went through the detail, like, you know how like um, the iPhone like details conversations and puts like all the photos that you send together. Yeah. If you looked at that exchange between just the two of us, I think that you would see your work and my work and then our work together of this like dialogue mm. of like subtle interventions, because like, we're just looking for it mm -hmm. and it's happening anyway, but maybe, maybe only like being um, seen or discussed in, in this like text conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also um, finally with that, like I, what I like a lot too um, is with that, uh, especially with like graffiti artists, it's like, I think that what I send you a lot of is like, the back of signs or like the removal of information mm. and so it'll be like this ghost image of of text or like whatever sort of like chemical aftermath of like a poster being taped in a place and then it's no longer there or like 
paint being removed, but like not very well. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, then there's this like there's this like poorly. Like on my end, I'm like, ooh, this is evidence that something else was here. And then on your end, it's like, oh, what is this like subtle layering of of like context of like these melted crayons on the ground yeah. or whatever. Or I think about who these these people are. Yeah. So I like I like to have these like psychotic mind spaces where <laughs> there are actually like secret societies and groups of people trying to bring contemporary abstract interventionist art into the public space and these are the remnants and I'm trying to find I want to like slowly work myself into this group that's that's doing this type of work. I think that we I did this for my birthday this year. I took my roommate and her her little sister on um, an alley tour where I pretty much just was like, this is my favorite alley and this is my favorite brick and this is my favorite vine and here's what they're called and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But you and I could like definitely take a stroll and do some sort of like archaeological investigation on like what we're finding mm-hmm. and also like contemplating who did that because like it inevitably is like some old dude who's like oh this this old whippersnapper is just <laughs> painting on the sidewalk so uh-huh. i'm gonna paint over it and then i'm like what is this a collaboration between two fools and then who is this man yeah and like what kind of knickknacks does he have in his basement yes and also like the framework of like the side of a dumpster or like a sidewalk square or something yeah. of, like this is like the frame the formal frame that I see like your work in. Mm. And then I'm like, hmm. I guess I'll just take a picture and send it to Rick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So so with your work, what I was getting to there is is I don't know, do you do you understand your work as this like exploration of like a, a secondary earth or like some sort of there's like this thin veil of reality where we have like normal earth or like earth proper and then we have like earth unproper. See this is incredible and it makes me feel very seen that you even have spliced together these words because I don't think that I've like told you about the kind of like year and a half worth of research I've been doing for this formulated alternative secondary earth space that I have named Ultima Terra. Mm -hmm. Ultima meaning like the final and Terra meaning earth. Mm. Um, And... And so somewhere between coming up with the name Ultima Terra, which is based on a real exoplanet called Ultima Thule, okay. and then a Mona Hatum exhibition called Terra Inferma. Okay. And yeah, so yeah. like kind of like just taking cool words, because I will get to it, but I have a list of words. Oh, yeah. Um, But like, um, yes, like this uh, kind of the like symbol of Ultima Terra is these two... um diagonal overlapping circles that it's like this looks like that and that looks like this and they're very much the same but you just have to like very very slightly shift the way that you're thinking about it so it's like i'm getting a lot of the same information in like a children's like oh my god the wizard of oz series what the hell is that yeah but yet so much of that information is also being um kind of highlighted in like scientific text is like this kind of inquisitive like the this i i I don't know but it's also like codifying yeah so so like the thing is is i feel like you're talking about a venn diagram yes that's exactly (laughs) Um, the symbol of of 
uh, Ultima Terra is a Venn diagram on an axis. Yeah, but what you're what you're trying to determine is like the positions of those circles. Yes. So like, are the circles here or are they here? Right. And each subtle shift in dimensionality and in degree of the way that those circles interact kind of like create this whole other version of reality because yeah. of what you exclude from both sides. Yeah. And even like drawing <clears throat> that alone, like Ikono even... loves Mona Hatum. Yeah. We so all So do I. Yeah. Um that just reminded me that I need to add Mona to my list of four letter words that I love. Mm-hmm. Um uh but yeah no even every time I like draw like Ultima Terra circles like the the slight degree or even the shape of the circle or how much they do or don't overlap like mm. definitely varies and of course some like scientists out there are like oh we have infinite earths and infinite rea- realities mm-hmm. and i really like like sci-fi short stories um and one of my favorite ones since like eighth grade was this short story by ray bradbury called all summer in a day mm-hmm. and um i could have like sent you a recording of me reading that but essentially it's like about this kid who lives on venus and Mm -hmm. venus is plagued by rain endlessly for seven years except for like two hours on one day but on the that one day and she's like the only kid who has memory from earth everyone else has been born in this like rain plagued venus her class is like bullying her and they lock her in a closet and they all go out and enjoy the two hours of sun that they have and then they come oh, wow. in and they're like oh shit like sun the rain's already back and then like suddenly one of them is like fuck we totally locked margo in the closet and she like didn't get to witness it now she's you know it, it's mm-hmm. it's a short story it's really good but we'll commission you to read it on the travel agency yeah i do love a good story time um but yeah no i i like sci-fi alternative worldscapes where it's like um this uh like the conception of those spaces like for authors or artists Mm -hmm. is like clearly rooted in reality like Mm -hmm. you know we have like george orwell or octavia butler are not just like coming up with these ideas out like they are like extremely original and unique ideas but like they're rooted in reality like Mm -hmm. how is it that 1984 is so freakishly similar to now Mm. how is it that earthseed which takes place in like 2027 is even more freakishly relevant to now yeah that's um parable of the sower by octavia butler on my list yeah it will be happening soon oh my god it's so good we're gonna have to have a book review discussion i just love talking about books and it's not even because that's like what i do for my job i just like to um talk about books i've been into fantasy recently i just went through um both peter rothfuss's first two books in the king killer chronicle uh name of the wind and a wise man's fear uh wise man's fear is like a thousand pages of him just like trying to eke out his philosophy on the world and like the beauty and the the connection between love and music um and also like kind of being a spy um kind of being like a sneaky boy you know and which is like all the things that i i love and um what i to take what you said and and to bring it into my world the opportunity for science fiction and fantasy um which are two separate genres um that have you know created more or less distance between themselves over time is that they're able to just slightly change the rules of engagement of base reality Mm -hmm. which we can understand base reality to just be a set of cultural symbols 
And if you can adjust a few of those symbols, then you can cast light more clearly on a human experience. Yes. And I think that goes to what I like to think about, which is like changing art vocabulary to science vocabulary or even like, you know, the video that we watched earlier is like somewhere between me and the surface of the water is this kind of glimmering reflection and somewhere between me and sidewalk and my shadow on the sidewalk is like a lot of ether space Hmm. and and like what's happening between here and there that like like the shape of me is being um shown back to me Hmm. and and like yeah that's why i like overlapping things because i'm like what's happening in the space between the overlapping <laughs> this cool um which this is, is like a, a terrible quality screenshot of a google <laughs> doc but i actually love the pixelation that just happened right there but yeah so this is kind of like exhibiting oh, yeah. that that kind yeah. of idea that you were talking about here yes which... and actually this also is i was laying in the grass and then i took a picture of it and then like months later i was looking at the picture from my phone on my ipad and then i took a picture on my phone again of the iPad picture, which uh, was a phone picture. And now we're looking at it on this screen. So I'm just like, how many actual images are we looking at right here? And it's being streamed to yes. like 20, like oh, tens and tens. Like layers and layers and layers of cyberspace. Of people who are watching this right now. So take a screenshot if you're seeing this right now and send it to Moira yes. in a DM on oh, Instagram. Please do that. Yeah. Please do that. I Usually when people send me pictures, what I send back to them is a screenshot of something they just sent me. My friend just sent me this very charming and beautiful picture of her butt. And I sent yeah. back a picture of a shadow of a plant on her butt. And I was mm. like, look at this landscape. And she was like, what? And I was like, what? You did it, <laughs> not me. Yeah, and so this image compared to um, like this, this next image that we have of yours, maybe. Mm. These are almost like opposites to me. Like they they interact in the same space. Like this is I don't know, is this actually like a before and after or are these like two separate yeah. instances? This is like also was some sort of like unintentional thing where I was like I'm going to take a walk and then on this walk it was like early April I collected all of these um violets and then I went into this park that was like publicly closed but in my neighborhood and like i've been going there my whole life st vincent park and i know that there's a hole in the fence so i went into this park and i'm the only one in there Mm -hmm. and it became this sort of like solo mission like exploratory performance where i'm like i'm going through this park that has been unkempt for the season and Mm. i'm recording like the long ass grass that's flowing around then i'm just laying in the grass because i know that i'm going to be truly undisturbed except for the fact that like this is a park that's five minutes from the airport and so there's Mm. planes flying over and um and so yeah the grass was so long because it had yet to be mown for the season and and then there was this kind of like uh i was like collecting remnants which would be the violets Mm -hmm. and uh and then afterwards, when I was going to leave, then there was this, like, remnant that I was there that I knew that, like, in a few hours, the grass would, like, reform itself. And it would be, like, there was no evidence of me being there. And I'm, like, physically taking away the violets from this space. Mm-hmm. And, like, only for a, a quick bit is there's this, like, dent from me being there. But, like, 
the grass is not taking that memory of me. Mm-mm. I'm taking the memory of the mm. grass. <laughs> anyway. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So. Uh, that's about time for our next break. Oh, great. And uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like an hour is like directly proportionate to like Peter. a glass of water. When I you're drink, well hydrated. I drink more water than anyone I know. I think that my water bottle is glued to my hand and I'm very much proud of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also funny that like the first hour was just like us kind of like rambling and now mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, it's been an hour? Like yeah. what? I feel like we just sat back down again. All right. So okay. next, I think we should just jump into our 10 questions. Yes. We got some hearts from Nikono in the chat. Oh, great. Okay, so these are these are 10 questions. Oh, I'm messaging them right now if I... Oh, this is funny. <laughs> great. Tea Green Girls dropping some mermaid, some mermaid emojis. Yeah, Tiffany. Whatever Grandpa says, OMG, love the mom voicemail. <laughs> so sweet. Aww. People love you. Oh, thank you. I love you all. I mean... Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I really <laughs> You've do. You've decided. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so um, switching over, we're going to slowly be wrapping up now. We're going to go to about one. We have 10 okay. questions here. We can talk about it. Um, what is one simple thing you're trying to get good at right now? Well, what am I trying to get good at? Um answering government questions on unemployment for Mm. my job search Mm. am i searching for jobs no um am i searching for things yes do i need to figure out a better way to make it seem like i'm twiddling my thumbs waiting for for um for employment at any given rate i guess Uh but actually uh I just uh, am, am really bad at, at doing, like, formulated government answers for mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm just trying to be like, am I – is this a is this a job? Does mm-hmm. it sound like a job? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Does it look like a job? No. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> in, in the results section of my weekly request for payment, I take a, a – the route <laughs> yeah, that's where, the best part. Where they say results, <laughs> and I say none yet. <laughs> See, my favorite question actually for unemployment is at the login when it says like, um, "Are you a robot?" Mm. And my answer oh, is yeah. always click. You yeah. click the check mark. I say yes, I am a robot. Aren't we all? As if, as if, just simply clicking a screen is enough. Right. As if robots can't click. Yeah. You ever think of that? Mm-hmm. Gregory Stevens 420 <laughs> is feeling a personal connection right now. Oh, hi. <laughs> okay, the next question. <laughs> this, this this harkens back to... Um, oh, uh, Nikono says, I enjoyed the, quote, lying on this form, dot, 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 pop-up you always get. You know, oh, oh, oh if you're lying, if you're lying, you're gonna go straight to hell. <laughs> well, I'll see you there. Yeah, um, hell of a party. Uh, unrelated to unemployment, but uh, another list that I've been have ha- or I've had going for like years now is, is a list of cool quotes. Mm. And 
I think I can call up very fast um, a quote from one of my favorite humans in this universe. Her name is Mira. And yes, we're 10 years apart. And yes, maybe she's younger than me, but she is one of the smartest and coolest people I know. And once upon a time, she said, I only believe in Satan so that when I see all of the Catholics in hell, I can say, what's up, suckas? <laughs> and the key to this quote is the finger guns. Oh. Um, because we were also talking about how, like, it's not uncool to, like, do this. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, yes, hell is a real place, What's it? which is something her little brother told me, said, hell's not a cuss word, it's a place. Mm. And I said, right you are, man. Same as damn. Yep. It's not a cuss word. It's a place. Hoover Dam. Yeah. Pretty stupid. Anyway. Anyway, only beavers should make dams. <laughs> Hydroelectricity is kind of like a lit power source, though. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> harkening back to our Kanye West conversation oh. earlier, a quote from one of my favorite uh, <laughs> genre-bending songs featuring Lil Pump is, <laughs> when's the first time somebody asked you if you wanted sparkling or still? Oh, is this the question? That's the question. Ooh. Um, I think it was when I was studying abroad in Leiden mm -hmm. and they just like looked at me as 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 if I was this like fucking plebeian American who's mm -hmm. like, Oh, oh, you want water? You don't want beer at mm. eight thirty in the morning? I mean eight thirty hundred or whatever the 800, fuck. Eight <laughs> hundred yeah. whatever concept like however they measure time. Sorry, I didn't know I was in the military. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Um <laughs> I think that yes, somewhere in the um, somewhere in Europe, someone was like, "Do you want this?" And I was like, "I don't know. I just want fucking H two O. I don't care if it has bubbles or not. I guess mm. if my body is made of seventy percent of it, I want it." Mm -hmm. Anyway, very good. Yeah. What is your favorite type of gum? None. I don't know. Um, you the don't kind chew of gum? gum. No uh you seem really really serious about this <laughs> okay here here's the dealio um i don't chew gum uh uh unless i'm like tired of snacking in a car on a on a long road trip i might mm -hmm. be chewing gum simply because i then i won't be eating my like 47th handful of trail mix okay i like uh water Okay. I, um, you know, maybe I'll nibble on a mint leaf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Good, good. I don't know what to tell you here. Well, um, um the travel agency and Art Brunch podcast is sponsored by Five Gum. Hey, uh, that's good gum. St stimulate your senses. Yes. Okay. Also, I will say that when it does come to gum, I only like spearmint. Mm. Um. And once upon a time in youth, I might have liked the bubble gum that becomes in a Tootsie Pop, but I would oh. like crunch the Tootsie Pop. So it'd be like, it's both crunchy gum, yeah, it's both which is like time. not gum anymore. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody knows where to, uh, how to, how to connect with five gum to get a, get a real sponsorship. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be so tight. Let me know. Yes. I would pay to watch a commercial of five gum sponsoring you. Mm-hmm. Because that would be so much better than, like, whatever. Like, their commercials are actually pretty They're funny. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would go all out. If I had a budget, 
And let me tell you, stimulate your senses is a damn good tagline for gum. Yeah. For gum? Yeah. Yeah. They had they had a lot of work to do. They they broke into the gum market. Yes, if you because think about what that. the hell is the gum market? Yeah. <laughs> Once my grandma told me that she and some other kids uh chewed tar like asphalt. Mm. Soft asphalt as children. Okay. And I was like T Green Girl in the chat liked your quote, I nibble on a piece of mint. I'm a rabbit. <laughs> it's like dip, but for for the, the plants among us. Fuck you. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> okay. Have you ever successfully completed a game of Monopoly in your life? Um, that's hilarious. I've played Monopoly all of one time and it took me two days and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And it was also a special edition. Do you remember that like um campaign called the dog and it was all of these like bobblehead looking images of dogs where like their bodies were like small and normal and then they like amplified their head look up like a bobblehead look up the dog i don't think that that's going to produce the results that you (laughs) want to be produced if i just google (laughs) the dog i have a strong inkling that other things are going to be brought up okay it was similar to the got milk campaign but for dogs and anyway, so they had a special edition of Monopoly that was like dog oriented, and we we had that as a family. And um, dog uh, Monopoly. Okay, so also in addition to not being like necessarily musical or scientifically talented, I also like get full body sweats when it comes to any sort of like group competition, like. In is, high school. Is this the yes, dog yes, that yes, you're talking yes, about? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> Got dog? Yes. The, yes. The yes. dog art list. Right. What is that? Art list? Art list. Art list collection? Yes. Yes. Um, yes, this is exactly the game that took me two hours to play in a family of six. Um, and uh, actually, that does relate slightly to one of the drawings that I sent you because I don't like group competition i feel like if i was on a um, a team that was playing for some sort of like winnings mm-hmm. i would only convince myself that i personally would be the reason why we would lose mm-hmm. and so um in competition formats i like to compete against myself so like in high school like golf no <laughs> <laughs> um so in high school like i was like a sprinter in track or swimming so i could only like race against myself in a clock yeah anyway um but, uh, and also, like, my other life uh, struggle with, with directional comprehension, um, I'm not good at following direction or comprehending, like, game rules. You're talking about this image? So, I'm talking about this image, and this is from a game of Pictionary uh, earlier this month. So, in the last year, um, my my family, I'm the oldest of four. We have a family mm-hmm. of six. And so we've played, I guess, like five or six rounds of, of Pictionary in the last year. Mm-hmm. And every time we switch partners and people are like, oh, it's because that you went to art school that like people being my own brain are like, you went to art school, which is why you're good at Pictionary. That's why this flag is so <laughs> fucking lit. Yeah. Okay. So this is my drawing of government. <laughs> Um, hence all of the citizens who are frowning at the actual in the wall here. Um yeah, the the wall that might really be a wall of grass and the 
very degrading white house looking down on these three citizens <laughs> um anyway the key to me winning pictionary and by me i mean me and my partner so the key to we and us winning i'm talking to you bernie sanders is positive reinforcement and mm. not even reinforcement i really think that the key to my me and my my collaborator winning mm-hmm is because yes um because we say like good job or like nice try or thank you or like something in between and other um Mm. and and so that's why like in pairing with like other members of my family it doesn't matter who i'm paired with Uh what matters is that i'm like you you tried and and we did this even if we didn't advance six spaces hey um like you know we're still we're still doing it it's like making waffles you know like the first one oftentimes is bad but But it still tastes like a waffle it still tastes like a waffle and and it's all uphill from there yes yeah yes good okay um if you weren't in your current profession in what would you be doing like without any 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 like limitations if you could be in any profession other than the one that you're in i would want to be a professional toastmaster and Mm. not like someone who gives toast because i could care less about that i would want to only come up with a lifetime of toast pairings so i'm talking about like all the endless types of bread okay anything that you can put on top of bread Uh uh-huh Again, I just make piles. My practice is essentially making stacks and moving them around town. So you and would be the person making those charts of like bread toasting charts? Yes. Yeah. Of yeah, like yeah, yeah. one through 10 and then 10 through 100. Yes. And yeah. so for like my birthday this year, like I just was like, okay, my like favorite people's like come to my house and I'm going to make all of you bread. And I had like mm. three or four different types of bread and I was like, I like, I don't like my own birthday, like mm-hmm. everybody else's birthdays, but I love toast. Mm. And um, so, and maybe it's because I love butter. I love bread. Okay. I love warmth and I love piling things. Yeah. And so all of that equals toast. We'll write that then, equation out for those that are not following. <laughs> and I also like taking care of other people um so that's why i'm like let me make you toast let me oh god um let me like make an egg the way you want and Mm. put um these things in a in a a delightful pile for you Mm. in uh uh, on the the platform of toast yeah yeah anyway uh whatever grandpa says bruh the government yikes yikes indeed Yeah. yeah if the government gave us all of the stimulus checks for for toast Mm. we'd be fucking set hell yeah yeah um, are you a Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, or Disney fan primarily? Okay, so I did not have cable growing up, but I am a fucking fiend for Cartoon Network. And mm-hmm. once upon a time, I said, you know what? I'm going to purchase Hulu for myself because mm. I just want to watch Cartoon Network all the time. And I love cartoons. Um, I am a big spongebob fan my favorite mm-hmm. show for real though is steven universe and also probably the show that's like most like how my brain works would be the amazing world of gumball oh yeah. i don't know if you've seen that oh, but yeah. that show is oh yeah sick. i was into it yeah i mean was i am yeah 
everybody in the chat let us know if you were nickelodeon cartoon network or a disney fan yeah also like uh mojo jojo from powerpuff girls was one of my names uh-huh. and like dexter's laboratory i'm like i want to be as like hilariously evil non-evil as dexter yeah like what is this little small dude mm. who's a kid who's also like an evil scientist yeah but the real evil one was that dude with the bowl cut oh my god yeah bling bling boy yeah whatever and honestly that is a metaphor for life because like here we have real scientists being like this is facts and then we have uh-huh. like fucking billionaires and corporations being like but we have money yeah but we can pay for alternative facts right um do you tie your right or your left shoe first uh i don't know but i'm left-handed and this world oh, is yeah. made for right-handed people so Sorry i'm actually inherently ambidextrous because of like all of the Scissors. mechanical and technological uh preferences towards the right side mm-hmm. i actually don't use left-handed scissors everything i do essentially is with my right hand like knife skills and like machinery and computers and that jazz but like writing writing is like the only thing that i do exclusively with my left hand okay painting eating tools yeah uh i go in between okay and uh throwing things i'm bad at both hands so i just (laughs) i try not to. you're (laughs) no-handed yeah (laughs) yeah okay and the uh the second part of that question is do you bunny ear or do you loop swoop and pull very important uh i think the latter yeah um it's it's the it's the way to do it yeah i love bunnies but i once witnessed an adult male tie their shoes with bunny ears and was like that's not cool (laughs) (laughs) you're not getting me yeah um anyway then Moving on from there, um, when you're driving, are you more likely to be the giver or the recipient of the finger or the bird? Oh, oh, that's funny. Um, I don't know. I always feel okay. So, like, long story short, I try to like not exhaust my energy feeling very, very temporary rage. Mm. I. I have it in my mind that, like, fuck you for being a bad driver, St. Louis, as a whole. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, goodbye thought. Like, you're not going to, like, waste my energy today. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but yet, like, I also will, like, spend the rest of the drive being like, why did that person honk at me? Mm. (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm, like, the, the one girl in mean girls who's like i just want everybody to get along and fucking puppies (laughs) and rainbows and ponies um so what you're saying is is you're receiving the bird uh no (laughs) what i'm saying is that i'm a junior bird watcher uh and i and you're you're having many instances of watching my hands on the wheel because i'm an anxious like i just don't want to be in a car Uh so i'm too like focused I'm a focused driver, don't get me wrong. But, like, um, I just generally want to, like, arrive in a location in one piece mm-hmm. and could be, like, I, I guess I it doesn't totally matter what happens between here and there. But, like, um, I try not to take 
it too personally. Okay, bird watcher, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on quinoa? Um, you know, it's it's a grain. It's an ancient you, grain. It is an ancient grain. You have to watch it or wash it. Sorry. Um, it's not my favorite grain. My favorite grain is farro. Okay. Um, fair, fair play. Yeah, and I think my favorite thing about quinoa is watching people read it and then Mm. i it's like when i know that my name is on like a list Mm -hmm. and someone's gonna have to say my name soon or like at a cafe if someone's gonna have to like very soon announce my name for my order being ready Mm. i know that they're about to say it based on the the, the, the pause yeah um the hesitation that they're like oh fuck i don't know how to pronounce this and it's like quinoa it's like you have endless ways to pronounce my name but apparently also quinoa so i guess my name is quinoa like what is the most memorable response you've gotten to your work um well i have a collection of like text screenshots on my phone Mm -hmm. of conversations or just like other things I'm reading, but specifically like text conversation screenshots. And and one of my favorite ones is one that says like, it's like three texts in a row and it says like the uh, suffix, Mr, yes. like MR, mm-hmm. the letter E. And then the second text is, I do get that feeling from your work. Third text, mysterious. And I'm like, first of all, this is a poem. Second mm. of all, thank you. Third of all, like, I um, think that it's hilarious that I am potentially seen or not as like this complex, mysterious thing being because mm. I'm like, I'm over here in Moira World or Ultima Terra or like yeah. really on the same block as everyone else. Uh-huh. But like other people are like, what? What? Are yeah. you, what are you? What? And I'm like. I, that's like my favorite uh, response to my work is like just like a, a line of question marks or people being like, hmm, yeah. like when people are just, like when I was doing a lot of um, anonymous surveys uh, mm-hmm. in like college, like in between like 2018 and 19, people would just like stand there and like read this questionnaire and like look at it. Yeah. And like look at it and think about it. And so like maybe the response that I like best was like this um contemplation or if not confusion. Mm. Um because like what I'm presenting is real. It's fact. I'm not even like creating it. I'm just kind of like spinning it or highlighting it or yeah. even manipulating it in some form. And so then the like um yeah, the consideration and then subsequent like time and also patience that people uh give what i'm giving to them um is cool like Mm. when people are just like you know that like viral youtube video where it's that guy like slapping the hood of the car and he goes would you just look at it oh yeah would you just look (laughs) at it that's me yeah i'm just like would you just look at this and then people are like okay and then it's like also like when well, i don't want to buy it i just want to look at it <laughs> right it's like yeah. it's like when people send you a meme from a private account and you say ha 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 yeah but you've never fucking seen it like you're oh, never yeah. gonna see it you're not gonna request <laughs> it and um that's what i like is when people kind of like are internalizing this confusion or like questions or something and then what they're maybe showing on their face or saying back in response is like 
Hmm. hmm what is that? And I'm like, yeah. what is it? You tell me. Uh-huh. That's cool. I, I, I enjoy yeah. those moments in yeah. when we come together and okay. in our practice because it's 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 great. And we I like to ask artists all the time, and you've already started to answer this question, um, is like what are the best ways that people can support you, can support you as an artist? And it sounds like some of that is engaging in dialogue, engaging in dialogue where no one knows the answer and that we aren't actually going anywhere or doing anything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like somewhere between, I feel like right now I have a list in my phone called somewhere between Mm. and uh, somewhere between like right now in this lockdown setting of like feeling like you've done 20 different things around your house like you've read in this room or you've gone outside or you've moved from one side of the bed to the other it's like Mm -hmm. you've done things and yet you've done nothing like you've physically moved or mentally or emotionally advanced but like it's just been a couple of hours so like somewhere somewhere between like your brain and what the clock says or like your resume or other like um i don't know like socialized corporate ways of being like oh this is what you're doing like when you can add like a new thing to your resume you're Mm. doing something but i'm over here being like um i don't know yeah like let's just have a conversation Mm -hmm. and also like if you want to um like I said, I'm, I'm, you know, I had on my to-do list last year to make a website. Mm-hmm. And now that I have a computer, I guess maybe I'll consider it in the next six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that would be supportive would be like, send me book rec. Like, I just want to talk about book recommendations. My favorite question to ask people, especially new people I meet, like, this is a question for all ages, all backgrounds. And that's why I like it is what are you eating or reading? Because it seems like this uh, rather accessible, open-ended question that is not limited to, um, you know, a certain class or background or status in the world is like, if you are telling me that you have been eating fruit snacks in your car, or you've been reading East of Eden, Mm -hmm. or anywhere in between, like the absolute rock bottom bare minimum to like you're 25 years old and you're a Rhodes scholar mm-hmm. my cousin <laughs> is live he's a Rhodes scholar right now and he also is like living in this like tricked out box truck turned house yeah so i'm like okay sure dude like you just turned 25 and like in a year you're gonna have a fucking doctorate that's mm-hmm. fine um dot 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 i'm also a scientist yeah and so like um yeah i don't know and for people who are are considering like creating those relationships for you or with you um oh nikono says i can highly recommend anything written by rebecca solnit oh yeah and a short history of nearly everything by bill bryson which i really enjoy that book yes um oh wait also after this like in the you know within the one o'clock hour i'll be migrating from here to the bookstore so like i said we're taking a few customers now so if Mm. anyone's like "Hmm, what am i going to do with my sunday you just come get some like in-person book recommendations from me and my cool co-workers at the novel neighbor it's in webster groves 
we're very very clean and uh squeaky clean you've so never clean. seen a book clean it's like every pretty page... much a fucking book club at this point yeah. because i have to lock and unlock the door and be like oh you're the fourth person in here. It's so special. Let me know if there's anything that I can do for you. They've laminated every page of every book in the no. entire. Sorry, we didn't do that. Actually, plastic holds a little more germs, so we don't have time for that. Uh, yeah, what I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Also, something that I, I want to express to our audience who's interested in engaging with you in these things is that uh, zoning in on that thing, like, tell me what you were eating, whether it was fruit snacks for lunch or a fish soup. Something that's cool, I think, about Moira is that she's open to having you communicate anything inside of that range. Yes, you yes. know, like anywhere you- from like last year, my friend bought boxes of gushers, mm-hmm. spliced open every gusher, gushed the juice into a shot glass, and then four hours turned into maybe forty seconds of her and her sister taking shots of gushers. Yeah. That's what I want to hear about. <laughs> That's what she wants to hear about. Yeah, it's not. It, it's not about your your new frogwa. No, <laughs> I want to hear about the that. fucking journey. But it can be through the grocery store that you took to take gusher shots. Yeah, or the, the that time that happens every couple of years when you decide, oh, warheads weren't that sour. Let me find original warheads and eat twenty of them until my tongue falls off. Okay, and actually, speaking of warheads, one of the things I sent you was like a list of thoughts that I have. And mm-hmm. on it, it says, when I say that I need to clear my head, what I really mean is I'm going to eat a handful of wasabi peas. That's oh, so true. Yeah. That you just up the ante every time. Like, first of all, wasabi peas are like really not that hot. My favorite ones are just like the generic wasabi peas mm-hmm. in a box from Jay's International Food. Oh, yeah. And... um The best. Uh, so I ate a, a big handful of wasabi peas like Mm. probably like 17 but i didn't count it was just like truly a handful and i was like it's probably exactly yeah my brain is tingling like you feel it in the back (laughs) of your head and then afterwards you're like what epiphany will i have next you really got the epiphany is i want more wasabi peas oh it's a self-reflexive cycle it is i uh i like to engage in a practice that i like to call talking shit Oh. And um, what I do uh, in Tiffany and I's relationship, my wonderful girlfriend and producer of the show, she, it, there are certain times in our lives where we just don't have anything to talk about or we might have some pent up anger, mm-hmm. maybe sometimes towards each other because it mm-hmm. happens in relationships, oftentimes towards the outside world. So we'll order a, a series of the spiciest food that we think that we can handle in a little bit further than what we think we can handle. And then we'll eat it together. And during that practice, what I've noticed is the the amount of spiciness is directly proportional to how much shit you're talking. So if this you're, is the type of science I want to hear is like these spurious correlations of like spicy food to shit talking. And, Proceed. And the the spicier the food is, the more shit you have to talk to be able to handle how spicy the food is. Because if you're just trying, if you're eating really spicy food and you're trying to have like a really mild conversation, no. if you're trying to talk about um subtle soft feelings or uh you know the types of sheets that you're going to put on your bed the experience Who talks about that of, well sometimes okay. you get a thread okay. count okay sometimes you know if you're if you're speaking so lightly the the experience of heat in your mouth is just uncontrollable <laughs> yeah but instead if you're just like fuck this guy i don't like it when this person does this i think that they're being really rude or you know any of these things any of these ills that you're airing 
the experience of heat in your mouth actually diminishes. So if you ever get into a position where you've eaten something too spicy, find someone that you love and just ask them to listen to you vent about all of the problems in your life and the spiciness will go away. Well, I have a plan already in mind for for this act happening (laughs) in a matter of days. Um, That's amazing. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like I I had a thought in that. I do, like, generally, if anyone, like, merely wants to talk about food. Yeah. I love that shit. I have a Google Doc, another list I have, of food recommendations and reviews because like you know you have people once upon a time people traveled and um like in st louis everyone seems to have lots of opinions about food and we have really really good food here Mm -hmm. and yet then you have some fucking plebs being like yeah sugar fire has the best barbecue and i'm like no that's false Mm -hmm. that's fake news Mm -hmm. the best barbecue comes from someone's flatbed trailer in a goddamn gas station parking lot Mm -hmm. and it has no name yeah well yeah we have so much more we can talk about and we had a really we had a really great time with you all out there in the audience (laughs) thank you um and well and now i'll say i had a great time with you i was talking to the audience oh well no i had a great time with not seeing them and also seeing you and talking and we were seeing each other both four eyes together looking in opposite directions and with clear glasses around them yeah we're just trendy the audience you guys have been great today thank you for all the follows um art brunch people don't just come on art brunch once i know you might think so because we've only done four but it would be strange to have two people the same two of the same person on twice in four episodes so moira will be coming back on with us hopefully at some point and to read you a story and yeah to read stories and to do other stuff um and yeah definitely take the leap you know if you're interested in in collaborating with moira that's something that she's saying to do shoot her a dm and any final words before we go moira um yeah i mean i guess my final words would be um screenshots are cool food and book recommendations are cool if you have any words that consist of four letters uh it's really this is a list between me and my favorite collaborator primarily but uh if you want to shoot me any four-letter words that um i don't already have on my list of maybe 200 then that would be cool but only like not like i i don't need like fuck is not on the list despite that uh, how often i say it. like that yeah. is not on the forward list so the end all right. the end <laughs> thank you all again <laughs> we love you all yes. have a good rest of of your day here bye